The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty podcast, Edinburgh Festival Fringe Series 2022. I don't know about all of you that are at the festival, um, but I am slowly feeling like everything is starting to just roll into one and I'm not sure if it is New Year or New York, but here we are. Um, I hope that those of you that are at the festival are still looking after yourselves, keeping hydrated getting some vegetables and for everybody else who is listening wherever you are in the world I hope that you are doing the exact same making sure that you are taking care of you. Today I speak with Gina and Sean um, about their new show Two Fingers Up which is currently on at Summer Hall. All details are in the programme and uh, all details are in the programme. What am I in the theatre now? No, all details are in the show notes. See, I told you all. A brilliant play, feminist, intersectional feminist play. Another play talking about masturbation. It is talking about the joys of masturbation and in, and in particular female pleasure. I would like to say a little trigger warning. Um, Gina and Sean talk about why the show was developed in the first place and it was a case in Northern Ireland um about a rugby team and an and uh, an assault that happened. So I just want to give everybody the heads up on that. Gina and Sean are brilliant, full of passion, full of energy, and their show is intersectional and important. And uh, go and see it if you can. You can follow us on all social media. Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty, and leave us a wee email at persistentandnasty at gmail.com. You can follow both Louise and I on social media. Louise is at Ms. Louise Oliver on both Twitter and Instagram. I am at Elaine Stirrett on Twitter and Elaine.Stirrett on Instagram. Remember to like, download, review, share the episodes. It really does make a huge difference and Let's our amazing guests be heard by as many people as possible. Also should say, today's episode we were recording again out live and about and we were in Assembly Club Bar. Thank big shout out to Assembly Club Bar for your hospitality. So it's a little bit noisy, but you can hear our two amazing guests very clearly and you get a little bit of the buzz of the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. So on that note, since we were in the bar, ooh, maybe a beer, nice cold beer, maybe a wee glass of red wine or maybe a sparkling elderflower, maybe a pineapple juice, coffee, hot chocolate or, you know, you can always just have a good old cup of tea. Sit back, relax and enjoy. 
Um, hello both of you, welcome to the Persistent and Nasty podcast. We're just going to jump straight in and tell us about yourself, tell us about the show. Gina, we'll start with you. By the crack my <laughs> Coca-Cola no endorsement, but you know, <laughs> I really need the sugar, so you yeah. um, So, I'm Gina, it's lovely to be on the podcast. Um, I guess about me, I am a freelance writer, producer, uh, stage manager, sometimes lighting designer, kind of do a little bit of everything, uh, based in Belfast, and this is my first year at the Fringe with something that I have actually written, but I've been here as a stage manager before. Excellent. And I'm Sean Simpson, I am a freelance theatre maker, writer-director, love working with devising, love working with kind of movement and stuff like that. Uh, this is my first time ever in Edinburgh, as well as my first Yay. ever Fringe. So uh, it's been an absolute blast so far. I'm loving the city, uh, loving the vibe of the whole place. It's been going well. Amazing, amazing. And tell us about your show. So we're here with Two Fingers Up uh, that we I co-wrote mean, and co-directed. Straight away, persistent in last year, like, yep, great. Yeah, two fingers uh, absolutely. Up. <laughs> you can imagine where the two fingers are going. Uh, <laughs> bit of artistic license. Um, so it's basically a show all about how terrible Northern Irish sex education is, but how wonderful wanking is. Uh, we're trying to celebrate female friendships, female pleasure, female masturbation, and trying to destigmatize um, the pillars of shame that have kind of been put in place by the education system and the church in Ireland. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to unpack. Right? Yeah. yeah, in an hour. And an while hour, also yeah. being a comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, trying to make people laugh. Um, and it's very, um, because of our uh, upbringing and our kind of education, it's more kind of the Protestant unionist side of how religion impacts things, which I think a lot of people are kind of familiar with the kind of Catholic education and uh, that sort of thing because it exists kind of widespread across the world Um, and people don't realise that in Northern Ireland the hold of kind of unionism and the DUP and that level of conservatism has really really impacted the education as well so um, there's only 5% of sex education in Northern Ireland isn't delivered by a church Um, and of that 5% yeah yeah. holy Shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, holy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not sure if that was the right word to use. Yeah. yeah, that's wow. insane. I mean, we find that um, one of our actors was out flyering yesterday and she went up to someone and they started doing a little bit of stuff we hear sometimes, got, got a little bit of a spill of like, well, that's normal. It's normal to masturbate. Uh, this was all talked about in the 70s. Why are you doing this play now? And she then went, okay, so um, in Northern Ireland, uh, 70% of our sex education is delivered by Love for Life, who are a church organisation that you have to pay for, who pretend that they're not, but they're basically abstinence only. Um, and then 25% is the Catholic Church, and then 5% is other independent good sources, or none at all. So she then was explaining this on the streets, and she said the woman's face just dropped. She was like, what? Like, I did not know that Like in a place that is part of part of the UK that is, you know, part of our world, like... Yeah, I also find that a really interesting comment to have made about, like, masturbation because, you know, like, I grew up in the 90s, like, like as a teenager, late 90s, and I'm like, I can tell you shame for a female still very much there. Oh, it totally so, does, and I, yeah. And it's even still about today. Yeah. This idea that, oh yeah, boys can wank and it's fine, we have a laugh about them like, jizzing into their sock. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, there's no conversation about 
yeah what we do yeah and that's the thing we and the joy of it like you say, that's yeah, the big thing yeah yes. the joy and how wonderful it is and how in order to have a healthy good sex life that is such an important part of that and like yeah. to be able to communicate about your desires your pleasure like it, it is all part of that yeah and like, there was a group of teenagers I think the girls had bumped into while flowering who were who were saying things like I don't wank because I have a boyfriend and things like yeah. that and that's like the generation kind of below ourselves and like that's still there yeah. like that yeah. kind of I notion of it's it's better for someone else to pleasure the than yeah. for you to pleasure yourself which is insanity. and we were like all going yeah but it's a different thing you know yeah. and like masturbation and sex are linked but they are two different things and it's important to know yourself and and it's just so strange to get that reaction like we were joking, saying in probably about five years, those girls will be sitting together going, oh my God, do you remember that day in the park when those girls came up to us and we were all, we don't wank, no. Like, they'll be mortified by it then, but like, they were all literally looking at each other going, you don't do it, do you? No, we don't. And I was like, wow, liars. Liars. Like, yeah. But then that's like, we were all the same, you know. Yeah. In like, yeah. Isn't that interesting though, that we're like, kind of going, you're lying, but then at the same point also going, the fact that, you're all lying to each other and none of you are going to say because the one that does eventually say tends to be the one that gets the piss taken out of them yeah yep. and it's like how are we still fucking here yeah <laughs> I mean I'm asking that on a lot of questions yeah, yeah. like totally. how are we still fucking here but um yeah god I'm like I'm so <laughs> okay so the play um two fingers up comedy yep. based on all of this how is it landing with audiences so far? Um, we've had some wonderfully rowdy audiences. Yeah. Yeah, we encourage heckling. We encourage Ooh. shouting. Uh, we yo every now and again. Yeah. We want people to be as rowdy and as noisy as they can. Um, we have a, a little part of the play where we ask questions to the audience and we've had some wonderful responses. Yeah. Um, just as like a wee teaser, one of our questions is, uh, how do you keep the mood going when you're putting on a condom? To which I think a, a teenage boy replied, I'll show you. <laughs> and things like that but like we our character she was like oh. <laughs> yeah. um, but we we've yeah, had a great response yeah. Yeah. but you know what but he loved it and he yeah. stayed for the whole show and he was up on his feet and all at the end yeah. yeah, like a big group of them they were having a great really? time I yeah. hope they then say to all their female friends to have no shame about it yeah yeah but it's been yeah. a good audience response so really far, good, yeah. and our audience has been growing and growing. Like the word of mouth has been really good on yeah. it, which makes us happy because, like, the whole purpose of it was that we wanted people to come to the theatre and uh, have a really good night yeah. and come away feeling empowered and joyful, and yeah. like they could go out for a pint after or go out and have a wee yeah. boogie or whatever. Yeah, you know. And a big thing as well, like we've been encouraging like a lot on kind of our socials and stuff. If people are putting up, you know, what should I say at the fringe? And there's people saying I'm over with. Uh, my teenagers or something you know younger relatives and uh, we've just been replying to them going technically our guidance is 14 plus but it's just guidance Um, we are more than happy to talk to any audience member if they want to bring in uh, somebody who's younger somebody who's a teenager and they're not sure the show is like tame for what it's about it's you know you're not going to see any like sex on stage you're not going to see any nudity we're quite uh, we made a very concerted effort not to sexualize our actors, so any kind of depiction of masturbation is very uh, sort of symbolic and um, fun. Uh, so yeah, just that's a big thing for us. Like we would love to have younger audiences in. Um, it starts conversations, and we have had teenagers in who have been 
then talking about this stuff and then they're with their families and able to talk about it in yeah. a way that feels a little more detached from them so it's not as uncomfortable maybe as those things can be so yeah that's a big thing for us like if you are interested in seeing the play with a younger relative you can get in touch and ask us questions and we will make sure that you're comfortable coming to the show that's great and really <coughs> open and what art should be right is yeah. like you know conversation and what theatre is and actually you know if we don't get our younger own day and set we're in danger of losing our art form right yeah, yeah. so um, that, that's brilliant what um, inspired the show so the show, as hilarious and as raucous and as uh, riotous as it is, was uh, kind of inspired by something very grim. Uh, so I don't know how aware people are of this over in Scotland, but there was the Ulster Rugby Rape Trial in Belfast in 2018. 2018, yeah. Um, which was where allegedly a, a young woman was gang raped by the Ulster rugby team um, by four members of the rugby four team, members yeah. of the team yeah uh, it went to trial uh, her pants were passed around a courtroom the fact she had tanned her legs was brought up um, you had like her older sexual male history. lawyers being yeah. like oh well nobody would just fake tan uh, you know or like nobody would fake tan their whole body if they didn't want to go out and have sex yeah and all the girls sitting going who fuck does a farmer's tan like yeah. just like just the arms and just the legs like you know most times you're doing a proper night out and the club and all they were going to was quite fancy so it was like you like you would do a full body tan like that's perfectly You'd look normal well. you wouldn't also, get in if you weren't dressed nice yeah. yeah and also going out looking for sex is not the same thing as going yeah. out looking to be ripped yeah like, um, yeah. but it was very frustrating to hear the way that the media was talking about this because the, the text messages of the fellas of the morning after were leaked and just the way that they were talking about the women calling each other like top shaggers and all this stuff and uh, it, was, it was very very frustrating because people were then bringing this person this girl's sexual history into it bringing in like how many partners she had in the past and kind of judging her as being a sexual being yeah. and that yeah. being deserving of what what, what happened to her. Yeah. Um, and we just spent so many nights uh, at parties, at pubs, in, in your living room, just screaming and being so angry about this and frustrated about this and wanting to do something about it. But we had witnessed quite a lot of like pieces on sexual assault and sexual violence towards women that we had found... like triggering or re-traumatising or just very uncomfortable to watch as a woman. Very voyeuristic as yeah. well. Those like, plays where everybody's going, oh, the, have you seen the rape scene in this? Have you, yeah. like, and then it's like staged to kind of be sexy or yeah. very weird. Yeah. Um, and kind of not, not what you want in a Friday night's theatre, you know no, what I mean? Yeah. So from that and from kind of the media representation of that, we wanted to create something that was joyful that celebrated female sexuality and that highlighted the fact that we have such an ingrained rape culture within our society starts in primary school. Starts yeah. when you segregate the boys and the girls uh, during the period talk and the puberty talk. It starts from there. We need to be having conversations about consent at that age. Sex mm-hmm. education needs to get better because if it doesn't, these things will continue to happen. Yeah. And wh- how many of the rugby team had love for life um, I think it was uh, of the four men involved in trial I think it was two of them definitely had had their sex education from love for life um, maybe three but it was, it was definitely two yeah, um, which in love for life is the organisation quote unquote yeah. um, that you talked about that does 70% of the sex education yeah. Yeah. and it's basically it's like a church Christian led 
uh, basically preaches abstinence only, like horrific the things that they like they do as sex education are horrific. Um, a uh, uh, protest for uh, the, the verdict and the kind of how the trial had been handled. Um, I met a girl who was 17 and she was getting people to sign a petition to get her sex education in her school changed because it was love for life and her argument was well some of these men that's where they got their sex education it's where most people in this country get their sex education and look at the lack of understanding of consent of sexuality of you know like the shame peddling and uh, she told me a story where she said uh, we had this thing where Love for Life came in and they got a square of dairy milk and they put it in one person's hand and got them to pass it like the whole way around the room, like around everybody. And then when that square got to the last person, they went up to them and went, would you want to eat that piece of chocolate? To be like, that's used goods. And yeah. that's 70% of yeah. the sex education I system. I was on the podcast for a second. <laughs> yeah. You just can't see my face. Yeah. <laughs> you too, so I'm Yeah. <laughs> Um, That's the appropriate reaction. Wow. Yes. Wow. And we had that, like both of us had exactly that, but we, I think I kind of imagined and you kind of imagined that would have stopped by the time we got to 2018. Yeah. And whenever she said that to me, I was then with Shown that night and I just was like, I can't believe they're still allowed to do that. And yeah. you have to pay for the privilege. You have it's to pay fiver. five pounds. Yeah. It's a fiver. It's yeah. a fiver, yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And it's okay. not really optional. It's like you yeah. basically are like. It's not yeah. optional, but you've got to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, okay. Like you would get, like, you'd get told off for not going on. Like I went, when they did it in our school, um, I think they came a couple of times in the year, like lower sixth or something. They came in and I just went, I'm not going to that. I was like, I'm not going. Like I have coursework yeah. to do, I have things that I'm, I'm not going to that talk. It's a waste of time. And I uh, ended up <laughs> having to get the school nurse to send me home sick just so that I could get out of it because my year head was like, no, you have to go. Everybody has to go. And then he was raging at me. He was like, you clearly weren't sick. And I went, I'm not wasting my time. No. And it's like you're 17. You should be able to make that decision. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you can get legally married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can get legally married. So I think you can make a decision about how you choose to educate yourself yeah. on your own sexual health. And your sexual pleasure. Yes. I also can't believe that we're still separating kids for the period conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is, to me is just insane because mm. periods affect everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Those of us who have ovaries that are working mm. and a womb and etc. That uh, you know that we have to go through it every month, but it doesn't just affect us. Mm. Like us, it affects everyone because you know maybe it would be helpful for them to know not to say certain things. Yep. Yeah. Like in the middle of it, like you know, don't make a joke. Oh, it's your time of the month. I'll punch you in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, so many things. Like, first of all, again, about just what art can do and taking something that's really horrific and awful and using, using your play to create something that is hopeful and joyful out of something that's awful so that women and, and many other people can um, kind of reclaim their own sexual pleasure yeah and also reclaim that space I think as well like that trial like just and also just rec- reclaiming what we do yeah like if you want to wear it if you want to wear a dress and put fake tan on to go out you fucking do it yeah, yeah. 
What's you the issue? You want to put on eyelashes, go for it. Mm. If you want to wear a trouser suit, yes. a bra, go yeah. for it. But also, if you want to wear a long dress with long sleeves, uh, yeah. what difference does it make? It's yeah. all about choice. That's yeah. the thing. And you know, it, everyone should have the freedom to make those choices and to be comfortable in those choices. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, Northern Ireland is always a few years behind yeah. on that always front. Always a few years behind yeah. on everything. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, and I, I get what you're saying, but I think also you've, you're hitting on something that probably is, as much as we would, as much as we all want to think it isn't, but it is worldwide. Oh yeah, yeah totally. It's still a stigma on that. Mm. There's levels, yeah, absolutely, yeah. of where we're all at and what country we're in, but there is definitely this sense of lack of understanding about our bodies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd love to know if people listening, and also from you, like, who knows anybody that's ever been taught how to love their body from a young age and love what it does and love like and to know that you know you kind of touching yourself and going oh that feels mm-hmm. nice nice yeah mm-hmm. but that's a good thing yeah and the thing with that like that it's such an issue is because of the way our education system is if you're a parent who's at home trying to instill those values in your child from a young age and trying to make them comfortable with that but then they go into an education system that tells them that all that is wrong and they're surrounded by you know other people who are in that education system who also are then believing it's wrong you can only do so much as a parent um a lot does rely on the education system to to stop that to stop the shame and to instill like comfort and confidence in people's own bodies and in their sexuality and in the things that are natural in your body like that like everybody masturbates that just is like it is a thing Um, and it's not an issue and it's a good thing to understand that and have a comfort with that from a young age so that then you know where you're comfortable in other areas of your sex life Yeah. Mm -hmm. and then also because you'll just have better sex and then that's great for everybody but like that the two kind of systems of like education and parents fighting against each other is is not good like because children are going to spend like more time entrenched in the education system so the education system kind of needs to be leading yeah. getting away from very conservative values absolutely absolutely and that's obviously something that is different as you say like in Northern Ireland and it probably is kind of across the board in the mm-hmm. rest of the UK I'm sure there are pockets where there are like certain places where that's still but yeah that is something that's obviously really di- different and that in itself have you had like any backlash from home about the play? We did have, we performed it in the MAC in Belfast. Um, was that 2019? Yeah. 2019. Um, and they were getting constant complaints from uh, not the DUP themselves, but people who would have voted DUP because we have quite a lot of uh, anti-unionist and DUP kind of rhetoric yeah. in the play. Um saying that we were slander and that it was dirty that it was this and that mm-hmm. and that it shouldn't be on yeah, the stage yeah stuff on and, Twitter like yeah. this is an anti-DUP play and it's like and, and? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it is yes yeah. and your point is yeah. Yeah. it's like but also free speech it's allowed to be yeah. it's a play but the Mac were brilliant with that they just kind of were like they kind of ignored the complaints yeah. which was great um but to be fair, the, the most we've we've had some really really lovely positive positive feedback mostly. Mm, like yeah. uh, we had um, 
Claire Bailey, wasn't it? Yeah, Claire Bailey Claire. from the Green Party in Northern Ireland. Yeah, she came to see it and put up a tweet saying that it needs to be in schools and we need mm. to reform sex ed and everything, which was lovely, which was kind of a little moment of maybe it will change at some point yeah. if some politicians are looking for that. And that's the thing we get as feedback a lot, that we should bring it into schools, and that is something that we've both talked about and we would love to do. We would, like... And we know that, like, teenagers are a tough audience, so they would all be mortified by it, probably. Yeah. But then, you know, it might open up a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not expecting that that's going to be the same as performing in a theatre audience. Yeah. They'll probably all sit there and be like, so, uh, this is, you know. But, yeah. like, it might eventually open up a conversation. For some people, maybe they will just enjoy it as a comedy and then find a way into that conversation after. But our ability to get into schools in Northern Ireland with it would be like zero I think because they can't even bring in proper sex education yeah. so yeah so we would love to do that it's something that we are definitely aiming toward at some point and we have met audience members here at the Fringe who've said you could maybe get into Scottish schools with it mm-hmm. you know there's different systems here and maybe you could start there and kind of and work see. Yeah. yeah yeah um which would be great I would love that yeah yeah, yeah. do you know it's just I think it's interesting like that comment that the girl you know, that um when your person was out flying mm. and it kind of said, oh, I've got my friend so I don't masturbate. And mm. it's just that idea again about if we keep everything so separate that even between a couple, no matter what um, balance that is, whether it's male-male, female-female, um, male-female, non-binary, you know, like, we're actually then stopping ourselves from being able to have conversations about something that's yeah. really natural. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, if you're with your partner and you're like... Yeah, I feel, I feel like it, and they're like, no, no, really not today. Yeah. And you're like, cool, well, I'm just going to go and get my vibrator, and I'll yeah. see you later. And yeah. they're like, cool, you enjoy that little 15-minute, <laughs> 20-minute on your own. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's... And that's such a taboo, the idea that, like, yeah. it's an insult to your partner if yes. you want to masturbate, which is, like, it's a different thing. It's linked, yeah. and they can be together, but it's, like, it, it, it can be a thing all of its own, and it can be just, like, a, you know... I spend time on your own thing doing something for yourself Absolutely, like yeah. all of these like well, it's not an insult it's empowering isn't it to know what your body can do mm-hmm. what you can do to your own body and how you can make it feel and that in itself is like it's something that we definitely lost patriarchy thanks for that yeah. um, <laughs> freaking patriarchy um, but it's something that we need to find our way back to yeah. Absolutely. Totally. and um, I think it's really important what you're doing and I really love I think if you could get into schools, oh my god, like yeah, the awkwardness of it all, but the questions that would then open up. Yeah, yeah. Because you never know that one moment. You know, you could have it all like, oh my god, did you? Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. And then one person says, actually, and then that person says, yeah. oh my god, you too. And then it's. Yeah. yeah. It takes away all of that. I think it's all about thinking of yourself as a sexual being and someone who can enjoy those things and have pleasure from those things and not just thinking of sex as something that is penetrative as well it's like it can be so many other different things it doesn't always have to be that and I feel like if we were able to go into schools and have that conversation with teens like if I had that conversation when I was younger oh my goodness I think my life would be so crazy you know I would be having the best time it's also that kind of idea as well about like sexual and kind of like Knowing that it's not quote unquote wrong, yeah, yeah, or like, oh, you know, when people talk about people like, oh, they're really sexual, yeah, 
what does that actually mean? Like, why is that? Why are you doing it in that tone as if that is a negative thing rather yeah. than a positive thing? Yeah. Because we all can be like that yes. thing, and there's no shame in that. There's no. Sh- yeah. There shouldn't be any there shame in that. Yeah. And again, you should embrace it and let it empower you. Yeah. Um, tell me both, because I we're I'm aware of time, and you've both got to you know actually go do a show <laughs> um, rather than just chat to me. So tell me about your pathways into this industry. Where did you both start? We met each other at Queens of Belfast. We were doing the drama studies course. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of really hit it off became really good friends we found that we were really angry about a lot of the same things yeah. um, we have a very similar sense of humour which yeah. helps yeah. yeah and first thing we ever worked on together was really randomly a murder mystery yeah yeah, yeah. for a, a fundraiser at a rugby club in Balamoney of all places yeah. and then from that we just decided that we work really well together we like have good crack we can say what we want to each other without the other being offended or yeah. taking it too seriously but we didn't actually write anything together until even that murder mystery was like the end of uni yeah. like because we worked together kind of on shows throughout uni but there was no like no actual kind of partnership of us until after uni and then that was something that then afterwards I think our lecturers were all kind of like yes we we thought this would be a good idea a while ago you know Um, but yeah it was great though because we'd worked together in like different roles and kind of supported each other's shows like both of us had directed stuff in uni and I had like stage managed a show for Shown Mm and uh, Shown had done like front of house stuff for me so we'd done loads of different roles on each other's shows um, and just went to see loads of stuff together because you have to in uni Um, so yeah, that was kind of then, and then after uh, university, I got a um, bursary, um, like a, an internship thing uh, from Western Gerwood, which is for uh, people from underrepresented backgrounds to like work in the arts. So I got one as like uh, being from a working class background to go in and work as a production manager for a company in Belfast, and then from that. I was sort of able to start my actual like professional uh, career, and then you got a similar. Uh, yeah, I got the James Ellis bursary for directing, and I ended up working at the same company. So we worked on the same show for a month, which was really nice. Yeah. And while we were doing that, kind of the seeds for for this show kind of started. Yeah. To kind of grow, and we just couldn't stop talking about it. And then I think people were like, "You guys need to shut up or write this down, like because we yeah. can't listen to it yeah. anymore." Um, and then since then we've just been writing together thinking of ideas together yeah you know and it's been great I'm loving it yeah it's very nice yeah it's very nice yeah. well you both always want to go down the drama route do you think I really wanted to be an actor right okay but uh, <laughs> too anxious for too that much yeah. too anxious to uh, last show we worked on together both as actors I think we both were just like no, no. acting is definitely not the one Sean's <laughs> <laughs> too anxious and I don't take it seriously enough so other <laughs> actors don't like me <laughs> Because I'm like, it's so much fun, and they're like, my process, and I'm like, I don't have a process. And I'm just in the wings, vomiting. I think like we did always have fun with it. Because we both actually had fun, I think, being on stage, but both of us had different reasons why surrounding it, we weren't, uh, yeah. But also I think acting is the only job you know in drama, whenever you're growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as soon as then, like, you actually get into it, and we were put on productions where, like, we both did a lot of backstage stuff in uni and then we're like, oh, there's actually a whole world of other roles and careers where you can work in theatre and like, I, I work as a stage manager a lot of the time and 
I'm like, that's a great role because you get to be on a show from like minute one and you yeah. know the show better than anybody because you see it every night and you have a relationship with everybody on the team and that's a really great way to be part of a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so true, like, you know, most people, if they're even slightly interested in the, in the arts in that sense or in drama, like, all they know about is, like, being an actor, possibly a director, a bush, but, yeah. you know, all the other roles that are so vital and the only way that our art ends up on anything, you know, um, it's so, it's so, I think we need to push that out a little bit more. Yeah. And that's what I love about being able to talk to so many different people and podcasts as we get to it's great. Yeah. Um, what are you hoping that people will feel, think when they leave the show? I want people to walk away from the show with a sense of excitement about their next wank. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to be. I want them to go home. I want them to light a candle. I want them to put on their favorite song, and I want them to have so much fun. Yeah. And to walk away um, having a conversation with people in your life that you've never had before. Um, that kind of open because I mean that happened for us even just writing it. Yeah. So many of our friends opened up to, like lines of dialogue with us that they we just didn't have before. Um, and also just to be like that was a good night. I'm glad I went to that. Yeah. Like that's the, like to have fun. I think that is our main focus on everything. Is uh, you can do something very serious and talk about something in a very serious way but it's still fun and it's still a good night yeah. and if you go out and spend £10 or £12 on a ticket you oh. want to be having a good night you don't yeah. want to come away depressed yeah. um, sometimes you do there's some great depressing theatre so nothing against that but it's good to go out and have fun Absolutely. and yeah. and I think that's it's trying to find that balance I mean I love a good like make me cry play and all yeah. of that but I think after the last two years a little bit of lighthearted comedy yeah. is definitely what we kind of need yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I feel like I could talk to both of you for ages about all of this kind of stuff because <laughs> um, I'm finding it so fascinating but we have one more question to ask which is a question that we tend that we ask at the end of the podcast to everyone so Gina and Sean Sean yeah yeah, yeah. I was like you had a panic here and I was like everyone always you're does you're absolutely yeah. nailing her yeah. name she yeah. is it's rare, but yeah. you're getting it perfect. See <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Okay, so Gina and Sean, um, what does the phrase persistent and nasty mean to you? We've been called nasty, nasty girls quite a lot. <laughs> but we use that in our friend, friendship group as like a real kind of like, you're a nasty girl. Like, yeah, you know like what I mean? Yeah, kind we of, have that yeah. already kind of in the thing. I think being persistent and nasty for me is about um, being true to yourself, uh, never giving up, <laughs> yeah, and uh, saying what you mean. Yeah. 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 I think for me it's like uh, understanding and having the conviction that what you're doing is worthwhile, even if it makes other people uncomfortable. Um, just like you have, you're thinking something and feeling something, and if you have a story you want to tell in whatever way or whatever kind of avenue of your life, there's a reason why it keeps coming back to you and even if it makes other people uncomfortable not everybody's going to like what you do I don't like the Beatles everybody loves them do you know you can <laughs> there's you can nasty. do things and yeah. nasty nasty girl. you have a reason for doing the thing you want to do and even if it makes people uncomfortable just like believing that yeah. you should stick with what you want with what you want to say amazing totally amazing thank you both so much just thank remind you. everybody where they can see 
Two Fingers Up. So Two Fingers Up is on every night in the Cairns Lecture Theatre at Summer Hall at half six. It is only 55 minutes long, so it's a nice length of a show. And afterwards, you can get a picture with our board that says Masturbation Celebration and Phoebe Waller-Bridge touched it, so... I mean... <laughs> Plenty of reasons. Plenty right of reasons. Here, right? yeah. yeah. Well, thank you both so much for joining me. Get yourselves along to Summerhold to see this great show. And until next time, lovely listeners, stay, stay nasty. nasty.